Thank you for listening to the BJJ Brick Podcast. We'll be bringing you Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and good times. We hope to flatten your Jiu-Jitsu learning curve, help you get the most out of your grappling ability, and meet your goals both on and off the mat. Welcome back, my friends, to the BJJ Brick Podcast. This is episode 62. We've got an interview with John Kavanaugh today. Gary, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How about you, Byron? I'm doing really good. The interview with John is... It's not our longest interview. It's maybe 30 minutes long or so, but it's like packed full of so much good stuff and, and coaching advice, and you really get what's going on over there at SGB Ireland. Well, that's why they're so good. Uh, they've got a great leader, a uh, great group of guys. They have fun on the mat. What else can you ask for? Yeah, well, a couple, uh, not surprise me, but like uh, one of the big takeaways I got from it was that they, they have fun. Like they they all, that's why they're good at it, because they enjoy it. They enjoy the process. He doesn't want guys to come in there and, and, and be a drag on things and, and bring them down, even if they're good athletes. He wants you to come in, enjoy the martial arts for, for what it is, and if you know, and find your level that you want to do. If you want to come in and train, that's great. If you want to come and compete at a low level, that's fine. If you want to come in and, and, and take the next step up and compete at a higher level, they're there for you. Like It's just yeah. really cool environment. Yeah, that's a huge thing. You're going to perform a lot better if you enjoy it. It's got to be something you want to do. You're having fun at it. You're smiling when you're on the mat. You're just having a great time. You're thinking about it all the time. It's a, it's a good times. Yep. Yep. We've got this. It's Christmas is coming up here. Yeah, Merry Christmas, is, everybody. Yep. Merry Christmas. This is our uh, Christmas episode, 2014. Got a couple of discounts for you. If you're looking for anything by Fuji, it would be what geese, geese shorts, or rash no, guards, gear bags. Uh, as everybody knows, Fuji Sports, uh, great geese. Uh, really nice rash guards, as we've talked about them before. I actually wear their uh, their uh, grappling shorts; they're awesome. But um, we have a special. Yep, uh, they're given for the month of December, so we're running up on time on that one. Uh, coupon code: uh, first four are are capital, so BJJ and the first B of brick is capital. So BJJ brick twenty percent off your purchase at FujiSports dot com. Have a great Christmas presents. Uh, you can use your Christmas money that you get for Christmas to go. buy yourself some new Fuji Sports or Fuji Sports equipment, 20% off. And also our friend here locally, he owns a supplement shop uh, called Supplement U. He's giving uh, 15% off and, uh, for in the United States. Uh, just give him a call. Uh, his name is Dwayne, 785-833-2188. Once again, that's 785-833-2188. Dwayne Clifford from Supplement U. Supplement U, they have a Facebook page. They're in Salina, Kansas. Uh, great store. Uh, Dwayne's a great a great person, great owner, and they got great employees. So yep. definitely check them out. He's got he, he's got most of the major brands. And if you don't know for sure what you're looking for, talk to the guy. He's real cool, and he'll he'll, he'll listen to you what your goals are and listen to your situation. He'll, he'll get up with the right stuff. And we've had him on a previous episode, so check out the episode with Dwayne Clifford. Yep. Gary, moving right along. Let's. Uh, who wants a better guillotine? Raise your hand. Yeah, we're both raising our hand. And that if you saw, we we both had our hands up, <laughs> but I put my hand up a little quicker. So uh, there is a, a guillotine seminar uh, that you can download online here. It's by our good friend Roy Marsh. Uh, he put it on a few weeks back, and he did little promo clips for us. Tell us about his. Tell us. Give us some advice for guillotine. So here we go. All right, one of the key details, you'll hear the term high-arm guillotine all the time, high-arm guillotine, and people kind of flip their elbow up, their non-choking elbow up. 
that elbow should only go up because the other elbow is going down. The force is not so much me pulling the, the non-choking elbow up as me forcing the choking elbow down and pointing towards his chest. That way I'm putting maximum pressure into the choke. I'm not just lifting my hand. So the pressure is the pushing of the choking elbow, not the pulling of the non-choking elbow. Um, so again, the elbow goes high because the other elbow goes down. Great little tip there from our buddy Roy Marsh. Uh, how to, if you want to flip your hand over there, and, and why you would be doing that. I can see everybody right now pretending like they're doing the high elbow guillotine, uh, thinking about the bottom arm going down and the top arm, you know, pulling up. So uh, I think everybody's probably doing it. <laughs> yeah, Gary and I are both nerds. We're standing here with, with our hands in front of us, <laughs> with their hands flipped upside down or whatever, uh, trying to picture that. But it's easier to see online. There's a link to his. Uh, his digital download there on the show notes. Uh, you know, if you want to support him, that'd be great. Um, if you're if you're looking for a great for a better guillotine, he's got all the details in his yeah. seminar. And Roy's a Roy's a guillotine guy. He's got an incredible guillotine, so he knows what he's talking about. And uh, definitely check out uh, our previous episodes also, where he's given a tip here. The last two episodes is it? Is uh, no, it's been more than that. Last three episodes. This it's is a fourth a tip. So yeah, if if you've heard those, you've been. There's some good tips on there as yep. well. Also, we have uh, Gustavo Dantes with the BJJMentalCoach.com. Um, he's got his his four disc DVD set out. Um, if you want to, we do get like a little commission. If you want to get that, you want to click on our little link. Um, he'll let it'll let him know that he came from us. Yeah, so. another great uh, Christmas present there for you. The BJJ Mental Coach. Check out the web page. Check out the Facebook page. Check out some of the video clips, and uh, you'll see why. Uh, why it's something that we definitely endorse and uh, we definitely believe in. Yep, he's here to help you often on the mat. It's called the Inner Discovery to Outer Su- for Outer Success. Um, it's for this set. So if you're interested in that, we'd appreciate you uh, clicking our link on that one. Gary, we do have an email list. It's it's not the the largest list in the world as far as uh, jujitsu practitioners. But, but it's getting a little bit bigger every week. <laughs> a little bit, just but, a little. You know, I wanted to, I had a topic the other day in my head. You know, like how to balance your game. Because oftentimes our games are not balanced. And it's not terrible to have an unbalanced game. But if you want to become a well-rounded jiu-jitsu person, it's an important step in your game. Yeah. Um, So I recorded this thing. It's like 20 minutes long. And I can't put that as a podcast because it'll it'll push out and it'll take up our our data and it'll show in the RSS feed. It's it's more hassle than it's worth to make make a 20-minute episode. Um, So if you want to listen to that, I call it Tilt, Finding Balance in Your Jiu-Jitsu Game because you have to tilt to find that balance. Ooh. It's 20 minutes long, and uh, the the best way for me to get out to you is I put a link to the download um, on the bottom of our email uh, newsletter, I guess. Oh, that's awesome. So, so definitely uh, subscribe to our email list. You'll get the uh, Byron's 20-minute uh, tilt podcast, <laughs> which will definitely uh, bring some balance to your yeah. game, which is only going to make you better, which is what we're all here for yep it'll take you right to a folder you can just download it you can do it on your phone or on your computer it's pretty easy i tested it out last week it's in last week's email i didn't want to say it was going to be there if it wasn't going to make it and it looked like it worked <laughs> yeah so definitely check that out so, um we'd appreciate it and and i know byron's talked about this before we don't sell your information off we're just uh just trying to get more people in our email list and uh that way everybody can listen to it and never miss an episode yep and then we're not real fancy if you sign up for the email list you 
right now it's to send out an email every Tuesday. So it's not like you even get anything right away. It's it gives us a day. The podcast comes out on Mondays. It gives me make sure this, the podcast sounds good. It'll, it'll be in your mailbox on Tuesday. If you sounds sign up on Wednesday, it'll, it'll be almost a week before you see it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, we, you know, just if you want a little bit more uh, BJJ, you. if you want a little more BJJ break, uh, the email. Uh, Sign, put on, put your name on the email list, and they'll make it a little easier for you. You can do that on the Facebook page or on our website. Gary, let's do the quote of the week here because our our article of the week is going to be a little different. So let's go to the and, quote. Uh, from Henry Ford. It's about teamwork. Coming together is a beginning. Keeping together is progress. And working together is success. I think Henry Ford knew a thing about teamwork. I think so. He built a huge company. Yeah, you got to know a little bit about it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't build a company that big and that successful if everybody doesn't work together. Uh, you know, coming together as a as a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu team, um, th- th- there are so many as- aspects of that in itself. Well, you know, whether it be just getting people in the door, um, making sure that that they feel welcome. You know, that's to me that's a big step is, is getting people that are new. In that door, because it, it, that's, it's that, intimidating. That's, part, that's probably the toughest step. It definitely is intimidating. I like what you said. You want to make them feel welcome. You don't just have them come in the door, pay their monthly dues, get them to sign up on an ACH for the automatic payments. You want them to come in that door. You want to welcome them. You want to make them feel great about it. They want to have fun, just as uh, John Cavanaugh said. You want to. You want them. Yeah. You want them to have fun, and, yeah. and if they're going to have fun, they're going to stick with it. They're going to bring something to that team. They're going to tell all their friends about yeah. it. Yeah, and that's, I think, keeping together. Keeping is together progress. is, that is That's the part where, where it's yep. actually like a team. Yep. And, it, and, they, and people are having a good time. They care about each other. They, you know, they, they have each other's best interests in heart. Yeah. That's, that's a big part of well, it. Well, speaking of that, I know uh, at your gym, Fox Fitness here, you guys had a uh, ugly sweater Christmas yeah. party. Uh, how great is that? How cool of an idea is that? And uh, Byron came in with the uh, ugly uh Key top sweater, key top. <laughs> well, it was like a card. There's a cardigan. There's a picture on the uh, Facebook page. Yeah. It, it was a cardigan which I just put my belt around and made yeah. a key, a key yeah. top. But I mean, that's kimono. a great idea. That's the the keeping together. You know, is a progress. I, I think that's an awesome idea from Fox Fitness there to have an ugly sweater con- contest. Yeah, and, I mean, it's just fun to get together yeah, and do something together, a little different. You have fun, and uh, that's why that team's so successful. And uh, everybody cares about each other. Everybody has fun. But you also work hard and you care about getting each other better. Yep, that's true. And then uh, the last part of the quote, working to the, together is success. You know, he didn't say like making money or winning the big tournaments. He said working together is what he considers success. And that's that's pretty big. And it's all going to come. Every, everything else is going to come to fruition once you start working. The, you're going to make the money if you're making Ford automobiles or you're going to have success in tournaments. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to work together. This, I mean, imagine just how ridiculous it would be um, if you've got a TV, and a DVD player, and a six by six mat, and nobody to train with. Like, you can't get good at jujitsu in that situation. You need to work together with somebody else. Well, you'd do good with solo jujitsu. Well, that's true. You that's, would really at the, at you'd the probably forms. be really good at backward rolls and frontward rolls. <laughs> And shrimping with no pressure on top of you. You can memorize all the different forms and kata. Yeah. Of jujitsu. Yep. yep. Jujitsu kata. <laughs> but I, I like that quote, and uh, I think it, it's good for any any team, you know, on or off the mat. You know, that's that's what it's about. Is coming together. That's the beginning of it. Keeping together is progress, and working together is success. Thank you, Mister Ford. Gary, we had a nice little article right now. You know, usually we have an article that's about giving us advice or tips or something. 
And, uh, you know... Let's do something different. Let's do something different, I think, yeah. Um, I, I don't want to ruffle too many feathers, because I'm sure we will will a few. Um, I don't know. You know, I kind of want to get your impressions on it, you know, as well as let mine be known. But uh, recently, um, and we'll try to keep this at a reasonable length, because we could do a whole episode on this, I think. But we don't want to shadow, you know, put take too much time before John Kavanaugh's interview because that's that's why we're here today really to, to get that but recently the IBJJF uh, came out with a new rule that they're going to be uh, requiring background checks on all people and if you cannot pass the background check you'll be disqualified from serving as a volunteer a professor or a certified black belt under the IBJJF I'm going to read a little bit here uh, basically if you um are guilty, which is found guilty by trial. You plead guilty or plead no contest. Uh, and then here's the things that they're looking for: uh, sex offenders, um, regardless. All sex offenders. Yeah, all, it says all sex offenders, regardless of the amount of time since the offense. And then, of course, examples: you know, child molestation, rape, sexual assault, battery, sexual battery, sodomy, prostitution, uh, solicitation. That'd be the other side of prostitution, indecent exposure, and then uh, you know, felonies. So they have sex offenders, fe- felonies, all violent. All felony all violence. Felonies. Yeah. Regardless of the amount of time since offense. And what they're trying to do here, and there's more stuff, is trying to keep bad people from getting into their organization and representing them at a black belt level at, or as a professor or even as a volunteer. Examples of the violence would be murder, manslaughter, aggravated assault, kidnapping, robbery, aggravated burglary. Man, Gary, I'm not the best at reading out loud into a microphone. <laughs> well, you're also not a police officer. <laughs> um uh, one more, it goes on here. All felony offenses other than violence or sex in the past 10 years. So this would be like drugs, drug offenses, theft, embezzlement, fraud, child endangerment, stuff like that in, in cases pending. So that's – okay, if, if those those other crimes, the drug offenses – so if you have less – after 10 after years. After 10 years. I think they, they, they were able to clear your name. Yep. And and you're you're good to go, so to speak. And if you're and if something's pending, they're going to wait till the results come out. Yeah, you're disqualified while you're pending. Um, if the di- disposition does not meet the criteria for disqualification, then the individual will be cleared and reinstated. Okay, so that's the new rule. Um, it costs eighteen fifty or something to do a background check. Uh, Gary, first impression. What would you think when you first saw this? You know, first impression. I, I thought it was awesome. Uh, I know there's been a couple cases of. Uh, some crazy stuff going on and i think trying to weed that out yeah um i don't know as i read through it though i I changed my mind a little bit i i still think it's great i personally think we need to know who is teaching people who the black belts are but some of these times some of these crimes um i'm not 100 percent sure about yeah well I think that their goal is, and it's a good goal, to not have bad people. I mean, these are bad... Bad people. Yeah, to, Definitely it, bad people. It's, it's an easy way to cross off, like, these are bad people over here. <laughs> it's, uh, they're not... It's not like a minor speeding ticket or something like that. These are bad people that are committing, that they don't want to have representing their sport or or their organization. Yeah. And, and put in coaching roles and, and, and roles where they could be, you know, looked up to as a leader. That's that's what I, my first impression, like, that's not a bad idea. No, great idea there. <clears throat> I've never been a fan of, like, zero tolerance rules. Yeah, and, and that's, that's where I run into a little bit of problems, zero tolerance. I mean, we've all made mistakes in life. We've... Uh, uh, really just about well besides Byron we've all made mistakes <laughs> in life and 
you know, I may have made a mistake when I was 15. I may have made a mistake when I was 18. I, I could be, you know, 47 as I am now. And I haven't, I, I've, yeah, I don't know how to say it. I, I, I you made a mistake. I, I, yeah. I, I well, should, Gary, I'll, I'll clear you up. I don't think that you're just saying this. You may have, although I don't think you did yeah, as a, as a yeah, youngster. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good example. Um, somebody, let's just say, you know, random guy, uh, Bob. Hi, Bob. Uh, he, you know, he was 18 yeah. and, and, and he, him and a couple buddies, uh, they robbed a store. He, it wasn't the best decision or whatever. He got caught. He got arrested. He served. I don't know how long he served for that. 10, 20 years. You know, maybe get out early. I don't, I don't really know. What I don't the, think he'd serve that long. So, unless okay. maybe if he had a violent, maybe if he yeah. had a gun. Or maybe one of the guys, maybe the guys he was with shot yeah. somebody. And yeah. that's, and so yeah. he's in on that too. Anyway, Bob served some time. He's out. You know, he's looking to get his life back together. And jujitsu is a good way to do it. Absolutely, I think it is. You, you know, you put yourself in front of good, some good people and some good a good environment it's instead of going back. Great to exercise, some... a great great hobby. What else could you ask for? Yeah, he's not out on the streets. He's out there training every day. And night. plus, he's going to be several years older. He's no longer yeah. a kid. Yeah, uh, he's seen the error of his ways. I would, you know. Anyway, he served his time. Uh, what to me, what what this is saying is like. No. Yeah, he's. You're he's, not. Yeah. This is not for you. And I, you know, I, I'm a firm believer. Jujitsu is for everyone. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah he, I, he screwed I, up. And you know what? There are bad people that I don't want to see getting good at jujitsu. But for this guy, for Bob, yeah. you know, if you want to to learn how to better your jujitsu and, and have fun and train and meet people, yeah, th- all those are all good things for yeah. Bob. Yeah. Well, how about Jack? You know, Jack was 15 years old and he was dating Diane. How and, old uh, is Diane? She was 15. Okay. And. uh you know they they made Whoopi. <laughs> That's what they always said in the old game shows. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopi. I mean, here in the state of Kansas, that's uh, considered rape. They're both they're both consenting. They, uh, they cannot. Well, I guess that uh, age they can't 15. consent at that age. But they're both guilty of rape. Yeah. In in this in the state where we're at, Gary. Yep. yep. So that they they will be on that list for their life. Yeah. And I can, I think a lot of people, fifteen, sixteen years old, that are listening to the show have. Whoopie. Yeah, and, and if that's the case, you're gonna go. Yeah, be careful, guys. <laughs> uh, wear a condom or whatever. But you really, you're not old enough to decide what you're doing. Yeah. That's some pretty big stuff you're doing there if you're yeah. that age. Yeah. Uh, better wait a little while. Yeah. I'd recommend. <laughs> well, then also too, uh, we actually talked to a uh, Wichita police officer and uh, about this this background check and indecent exposure could just be Bob, same old Bob that we just talked about. He went out to uh, the bars with his buddies and. Uh, as they're walking through the alley, he stops to uh, relieve himself, and the police officer catches him yeah. behind the building. Yeah, that's indecent exposure. Yeah, I, that doesn't I've seem that like myself. a sex crime. Yeah, but thank goodness, Gary, you didn't get caught. Yes. <laughs> well, I've just outed myself. So it seems like a like it's a good thing, but it seems yeah, I I, I really do think it's a great great thing. I I just didn't see anything in there that says there's where you can list what happened you know let's say you do have a an indecent exposure which would automatically disqualify you can you write down the situation that it happened and have somebody look at that i don't believe so that i was, think uh, this is i mean that's when i when i think of zero tolerance like i think of like a like a, a 10 year old boy drawing a gun on his paper at school and then getting expelled yeah like that's happens that happens here <clears throat> it's they don't want to look at the case the, the, this is a result you're done here. You, I mean, this is a result. You're not going to get a black belt through us. You're not going to be able to volunteer at our at our events or or anything. 
you're not going to get be a professor. Yeah. I would be curious to see, and I wish I would have thought about this beforehand, but it just popped into my head. What does like Taekwondo? What does well, karate? I looked into the Olympics. Oh, okay. And I could not find anything uh, that was significant. Um, and I only, I only looked for like ten minutes, but I kept finding like volunteers that volunteer at the Special Olympics. They check those, but. I don't know if there are any strict rules about Olympic athletes getting yeah. in trouble. And, you know, some of them just recently have drug charges and they're on the news and stuff. But they're not – I mean, that's not a felony necessarily unless you have enough drugs to make it. Yeah. But the first thing that I've, – so I've, I've told this to some well, people. Go ahead. You think about it. You were just talking about drug effects. Uh, marijuana, you see somebody with a little bit of marijuana, they got to wait 10 years. I well, mean, I some don't states, think, that's legal. Yeah. Some states – yeah, that's – okay. That's right. I told this to a few people that don't do jujitsu, and I just here, tell me what you think. Oh, that's a good idea. And the first one was that's stupid, because here is this international organization setting felonies is like the United States thing. So, like, it didn't make sense at all to to her. Uh, thought it was funny. Like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, this is clearly designed to aim at something, and it it is aimed at something. Yeah, it really it's is aimed at past events yep. that have embarrassed the sport and embarrassed an organization. And uh, I, you know, if I had to sum it up in, in one way, I would say that they're trying to keep bad people out, which I, which I think is great. I don't have a problem with that. You know, like why would you want somebody who's the, the child molester doing yeah. anything with jujitsu? Yeah, or like. Yeah, like the, really, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's uh, just you know, keep them. That, that's fine. Keep, but trying to keep bad people out, but they, but it's lazy. Yeah, they don't want to look at individuals. They're not trusting their the black belts who give out the black belts to to do that. Yeah, I mean, Gary, I could tell. I don't if you, if you happen to have been driving in a car and you know you're you're running from the police and then one of your buddy died that was in the car with you or something happened like that. Boom, manslaughter yeah. minimum, yeah. if yeah. not something worse, you're off the list. Yeah. It's like middle finger to Gary, no black belt for you, no no being yeah. able to be involved in the sport. Which I think some of these people that I think, you know, would be deserving, the jujitsu is gonna help them. Absolutely. It's definitely gonna make them a better person. So this I want to transition from that to if this is you in reality, just train. You just do your thing. I mean, getting a black belt, you know, yeah, you being certified is, is, is nice. But really, just enjoy jiu-jitsu for what it is. Have a good time. If you're doing it anywhere near the black belt level, you know it's fun. Yeah. You're not doing it for the belt. If your white belt and it discourages you, that's a shame. You should just train anyway. You're nowhere near black belt level. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, it, it's unfortunate, I think. for a few, It's not like a lot of people are going to be hit with this, and it should, should affect them. But for the few that it's For like, the few that are going to be hit with yeah, it. Yeah, it's going to... I just picture an older person, like at the brown belt level, like, well, well, time to hang it up. Damn. I just spent, you know, you know twelve it, years. There's no no reason to quit, no reason to get just, you know, it's a little discouraging. But just keep training, doing what you're doing, having a good time, uh, being part of that team that we were talking about earlier. Those are the main things. And hey, um, I'd be I'd be definitely interested if somebody knows somebody who's had trouble in the past, yeah. gotten trouble actually with the law, and then Jujitsu has helped them. Email us, bjjbrick at gmail.com. I'd love to get a hold of you and hear your story. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. I'd love to hear that and talk to you about that. Well, Gary, man, that was uh, – I'm sure we a few people are unhappy with us. But I think their goals are noble to, to, to keep bad people out, and I don't disagree with that. But anyway. Yeah, I, I think on the on the surface it's great. It's, it's really good. But I just do think uh, – 
that zero tolerance, as, as you called it, is, uh, can lead to a little bit of issues there. Yeah. With, but, hey, yeah. just keep training, guys. Yeah. <laughs> keep training and let's have fun. But that was a little heavy of a topic for our typical article of the week. <laughs> I'll enjoy more of the laid-back articles we'll have next week. I don't know what we'll have, but that'll be nice. <laughs> um, anyway, without much further ado... Uh, I want to get to John Cavanaugh. Yeah, John Cavanaugh. We'll have a little brief message here from the most interesting grappler in the world. In the world. He is the most interesting grappler in the world. He once grappled a polar bear to test out his bear hug. He once choked out an opponent using only his Wi-Fi connection. When he models for gee companies, he uses only his bad side. He only gets ringworm on his ring finger. I don't always listen to podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the BJJ Brick podcast. Stay listening, my friends. All right, my friends, I have John Kavanaugh here on the phone with me today. How are you doing today, John? Very good, thank you, sir. Yeah, we're really happy to have you on the line here, and we're very interested in what's going on over there at your gym. Oh, cheers. Thanks very much. Yeah, we're on, we're on a bit of a good run at the moment, so we're hoping to keep it going. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually just realized today that my last fights of the year are going to be in the UFC, and my first fights of 2015 are going to be in the UFC, so oh, uh, that's I, like cool. those, I like those facts. <laughs> <laughs> what could you credit to the, to the success of, of your gym there as a whole? Um, if I'm being honest, I would say patience, um, because although the last couple of months or maybe the last year, um, we've been, uh, pretty heavily featured in the media and now we're getting a lot of credit. It has taken 10 years to become an overnight success. Um, we had the same group. I've coached the same group of guys. Obviously most people know Connor and yeah. um, there's obviously Cahill there, Paddy, Ashling. There's, there's a, there's a big fight team and they had patience. They, they've been with me almost 10 years uh, and it's in the last year things have started to come good but no, nothing has happened overnight and I get a lot of contact now from other fighters asking to come in and do a six week training camp here and I always put them off because it's not like we have something magical that, that no other team has I think we have a very good thing going and we have a very good team spirit but it's it's taken a long time and it, ha- it hasn't happened quickly so with, I believe to get good at jiu-jitsu or mixed martial arts, you need to have two things. One, you need to really enjoy it. And two, you have to have patience because it's going to take a long time. It's a, it's a complicated sport, and you've got to have years to devote to it. It's not There's no overnight success, and there's no get your black belt and six-week DVD. It's actually... <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, the fact that uh, you guys Unless are... I release one next year, so then that's legit. I'm sorry, what was that? I said, unless I release a DVD, <laughs> the title become UFC champion in six months or less, then then that's real. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, I like the fact that you say that you need to enjoy it. You know, because you know fighting is a is a hard sport, and, and a lot of people jump in and they want to just be good at fighting, and, and that's their main focus is to just be good. But you, you really stress that they need to enjoy it, and it needs to become like a passion and a part of their life. Um, is that is that a pretty big uh, theme over there? It's the number one uh, theme. I believe all, pretty much everybody joins martial arts for the same reasons. Um, we, were all, we were all kids at one stage watching 
Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan or Jean-Claude Van Damme and we liked it looked cool you know you learn cool techniques and you can take out four guys and go home with a girl you know <laughs> that was an appealing um, idea and when you start learning um, real combat sports like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and boxing and wrestling you realize quickly that it's hard uh, you know there's, there's tough training sessions and there's injuries to be dealing with and you know it can take over your life in a way so I, I keep trying to bring it back to that original reason and that was that it was fun so oftentimes I'll um, if I see the energy is low in the room we'll kind of quit what we're doing and start you know do do a fun technique or do a fun drill or do a fun game and uh, just keep bringing it back to that that, that that the number one reason we're all here is that we want to be um, we want to be a kung fu star and uh, so I think when people are enjoying themselves they they're they're going to stick at something longer rather than embracing the grind and just working through it and you know, this kind of mentality I, I it's that's not so much for me when somebody says you know conor mcgregor is a talented fighter uh how do you think of that like a statement like somebody is talented sorry i had uh, this gallagher walking what's up he's the apartment hall that's the Strabanable James Gallagher. We'll probably be talking about him later. <laughs> Walking into my office without knocking on the door, as always. You're a busy guy. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead again. Well, if somebody calls one of your fighters, like, oh, he's very talented, um, yeah. how does that make you feel, or, or what are they <laughs> well, missing there? You must have heard me in previous interviews about this. <laughs> there, there, that, that's, one, that's one of my, uh, my two words that I don't like. The other being advanced. But anyway, um, as for the word talented, uh, I, I see what people mean by it, but it's a lazy word. It's kind of like describing, um, let's say, uh, a chemical reaction as being magic. Um, you know, you, you mix these two uh, elements together and there's an explosion. Oh, what happened? Well, it was magic. Well, not really. There, there's actually, you can, you can write down uh, exactly what happened if you know if you understand chemistry and you understand the equations you can write down exactly what happened so I believe you've described someone like Connor uh, talented and um, that's a lazy word to describe he is an unusual blend of genetics and um, a, a certain mindset that kept him in combat sports most of his life and a love of competition and um, it, it's a very rare combination but it, it is. It is. You can write it down. You don't have to call it talent. Yeah, that's. It, it oftentimes uh, all the hard work is overlooked, and and like you said, it's a lot of its mindset, and um, you know, he has some natural ability physically wise. But I think that's really interesting. With you know, I say it's enjoyable. So he's that, that's the way everybody is over there. It seems like they, they all really love what they're doing, and I think that that's a big part of. Of getting good at anything. It's, it's, like I said, it's the number one overriding team in the gym. If I see somebody who's not enjoying it, um, I don't want them part of the team because it can be detrimental to the mindset of everybody else. Um, so I'll advise to take some time off, go do a different sport, go do a different activity for a while, and try to come back with a fresh mindset. Um, if they're unable to shake it off, well, then I think they're best just leaving it, uh, dropping out because it's it's not going to be good for them and it's not going to be good for me and it's not going to be good for the team if there's someone in the room that doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Do, do your uh, MMA guys train with a gi? Uh, yes, <clears throat> they do. What's the main the main benefit of that? Um, well, I would say, uh, let's look at it two ways. I'd say physically the main benefit is uh, training in the gi tightens up your escape game. 
Uh, you're not getting out of uh, an armbar just by ripping your arm out if you're wearing the gi. So it tightens up to the defensive aspect of your game. Um, on the flip side, I would say training no gi tightens up your attacking side of the game. But you asked me about the gi, so I'd say number one is the physical um, benefit. And number two, again, going back to this idea of it being fun, um, you can get a little bit more creative with your attacks in, in the gi. Now, a lot of those attacks, loop chokes and, uh, and so on, are obviously of no benefit to uh, MMA, but they're of a huge benefit to keeping your mind um, awake and alert. And, uh, you know, playing around with bear and bowler sweeps and stuff like that is is, is not uh, going to have direct applications for, for MMA, but... Uh, my guys do so many hours every day, every week, every month that they can afford to take time off from, if you want to say, uh, you know, exact MMA techniques. And they can play around with new techniques and it keeps it fun, it keeps it enjoyable. And like I say to my guys as well, you're all going to finish fighting at some stage. Why not have earned your black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu during that period? And, uh, you know, maybe you're going to go on to open your own school or you're going to you want to be 50 or 60 and still on the match. You're not going to be doing MMA at that stage, but maybe me and you in the, in, in the next couple of decades, we can still be two old farts in the corner of the room playing around uh, rolling in a gi, you know? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a nice thing about jiu-jitsu. It's not so hard on you as long as you train correctly. Exactly. Speaking of uh, you know being hard on your body, it seems like sometimes the fighters will get hurt and they'll go away for you know maybe a short, maybe a week or two, or maybe a little bit longer, and they come back. Um, sometimes they come back a little bit better. Some, you know, what would be a reason for that? That's an interesting observation. Um, I would I would go as far to say I've never seen somebody come back that wasn't actually better than when they went away. Um, I've spoken about this with uh, my own coach and with a lot of other coaches, and over the years we've just seen it happen again and again and again. A guy takes four weeks off, six weeks off, um, because of an injury or something. And they always come back better. So what does that tell us? Um, <clears throat> I'm not, I don't exactly know why, but I have some theories. I believe that time away from physically doing it, it allows techniques kind of sink a little bit deeper in. Maybe when you're just rolling all the time and training all the time, whatever you've just done latest is in your head. But when you take a couple of weeks off, maybe what you've been doing over the last couple of months can sink in. Uh, that bit deeper into your consciousness and you're able to do it um, you, you know <clears throat> maybe your cardio goes a little bit but I think for me fitness is the easiest thing in the world to get, you can get a monkey fit but actual <laughs> skill development takes time and um, going between time on and time off on the mat is, is, is very very important and I've, I've only ever seen people come back that little bit technically sharper when they've taken a couple of weeks off that's fascinating. You've you've never seen somebody come back, not a little bit sharper. So, if, if I I'm, actually uh, as to, to to give you um, an anecdotal story, yeah. uh, when Connor came back from his knee injury, um, it was the first time. It was it was almost a year since he'd been in the gym because he did all his rehab in the states and and he hadn't done anything. Now I mean he had not done any uh, boxing at all. And it was his first night back in the gym, and there was a pro boxer in the gym. He just happened to be in. And Connor said, oh, I'll do some rounds with him. And I was like, okay, you know, he hasn't done anything in a year. He got in, and he get, it was the worst schooling I'd ever seen someone get in my life. <laughs> um, he made the guy look absolutely uh, like he'd never pronged gloves in his life. 
and this was from some, this was a guy that was getting ready for a high level pro boxing fight and Conor hadn't put on gloves in almost a year and the technical difference was just dazzling um, now I can give you plenty of examples as well of a, a blue belt in jiu-jitsu just taking a couple of weeks off for whatever reason and coming back and, and, and being sharper on the map but that example definitely stands up stands out in my mind it's it. The idea is very interesting to me because, you know, maybe once a year, if you don't get injured, you should take a week off and, and just let things kind of soak in and, and, and think about your game versus going in every day and training. That seems so, the idea of it seems crazy, but maybe it wouldn't be such a bad thing. I don't know. Um, I, I would I've looked have this correct, but I'm almost certain <clears throat> that I read an interview with um, Salah Hibiero as uh, I think six times world champion. Yeah, and he said something along the lines leading up to a major championship. He didn't roll. He didn't go near the mat for at least two weeks before the tournament date. Now most people will think that's crazy, but um, you know his coach was Hicks and Gracie, who knows a thing or two. So <laughs> I, I, I'm sure those guys maybe have a better idea of what this um, what this is about and why it's this way. And I don't. They don't really do anything by by guesswork. So I'd be, I'd be very curious to hear Hickson's uh, thoughts on this and Salo's thoughts on this, but I, I do remember reading that and it kind of struck a chord with me. And uh, now, um, I, like I said, I, I can just think of dozens of examples, and when I chat to other coaches about this, they all kind of their eyes widen and go, yeah, actually, that's that's true. I, I have seen that same phenomenon. That's cool. So <laughs> I, the growth there in Ireland has been, just it seems like it's been huge um, for MMA and in the grappling scene. What do you do, like with the influx of new students? How do you how do you do you have a, a program that deals with them, or do you just throw them in the regular class? Or uh, no, I had to change everything I was doing. And this time last year, I had around about eighty or ninety students, and now I have over four hundred. So it's 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 been a, a pretty big year for us uh, for the gym. So it was like that in the old days. Day one, you come in and. You'd basically you'd roll or if you're doing kickboxing you'd probably be uh, doing sparring or hitting pads and as my coach said I found the most efficient way of weeding out the weak I made strong people stronger and I, I given this some thought I realized that's the exact opposite of what I'm supposed to be doing I'm supposed to be a martial arts coach I believe martial arts is to help people that you know I was bullied as a, as a kid and I kind of went into martial arts so I could protect myself and the, the, the approach I was taking wasn't going to be of much use to somebody who wasn't already athletic. So we changed around everything we're doing, and now we have a, a kind of a four-tier program. You'll come in on foundation, and it's uh, twice a week, and it's a slower-paced class. And then when it's time, we'll bring you, we move you up to primate, and that's um, a couple of more classes added on, and then up again to uh, what we call CAP, combat athlete program again the training gets a little bit more intense and then finally ultimate athlete which is when you're training alongside all the uh, you know basically everybody so it's this this system has been much more efficient and much more successful in helping people that maybe are in their late 20s or even late lifestyle and they haven't done sport in a while and it, it, it kind of holds them by the hand a little bit and, and eases them into training and how to move their body around and how to deal with aches and pains and stuff like that and it's been uh, much more successful at, at, at helping people stick at it. Does everybody go through that program at the same rate, or is it based on how they're doing? It can, it's a little bit based on how they're doing. You know, you might, we, we've got some very high-level uh, 
boxers, for example, that would join, and they're already in, in, in very high-level high uh, condition. Now, they still will have to go through the foundation program because it's very important for me, not necessarily that they're, that they're fit and they're tough, but that they understand our training methodology and they understand how to train safely so that they don't hurt themselves or, more importantly, they don't hurt anybody else. So once they've kind of got the... Um, once they kind of understand the etiquette of the of, of the mat, then, uh, then then a little bit dependent on their fitness levels, we'll we'll bring them up through the different scales. What, what advice would you have for us, somebody at a, at a different gym who's who's just starting and they don't have a program like that? They're just they're throwing in there with everybody, um, and and they're like you said, what the martial arts are designed for. They're they're not real athletic. They're not you know particularly. Uh, they don't come in with a skill set already that would help them uh, do this well. You know, they're just kind of thrown in. What advice yeah. would you give them to help them, uh, like, mentally? I will, I, will, I will give the advice, and I can tell you in the next breath it'll be ignored. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll give it anyway. Uh, a new student is like a dog, and you're going away for two weeks, and you put two weeks of food on a bowl for it. The dog's going to eat it all and die within an hour. <clears throat> He's not going to be able to uh, eat a couple of mouthfuls every day and spread the food out over two weeks. So the, the new student has to realize that he's going to be like a dog in the sense that when he goes in in his first session, he's going to want to do everything. Um, he's probably going to enjoy the rolling side of it, and he's going to want to get stuck into the rolling, and he'll have a lot of fun on day one. And then on day two, he's going to wake up and not be able to move his body in any way, shape, or form, and probably go into mild panic about why his limbs don't work anymore. And uh, that's going to probably put them off going back. So my advice would be is that um, even if you're allowed roll uh, at the beginning, don't. Uh, give yourself at least four weeks of training two times per week. Only do the technical aspect of it and the drilling, but don't do any rolling. If after four weeks uh, you're feeling you can add on more classes, add on more classes up to maximum four times a week, but still don't do any rolling. And then if after three months you're able to do four times a week and you're able to do all the drilling and the technical side of it and you're not in a huge amount of pain the following day, I'd start adding in, do two or three rolls at the end of your session. And after six months, you're going to be uh, made of steel and you're going to be able to train as often as you like. That, Like, like you said, that that's hard advice to follow. It's good. I think um, that helps physically and that would also help uh, mentally because it's hard to get to get kind of beat up on so early on and before you understand what you're doing and that will help give you that foundation of techniques you could at least try to do to, to your part training partners yeah yeah um but like the, my, my view on it is when someone joins my gym i'm not looking at them saying okay i want i want you to have a blue belt in six months or or, 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 any, or i want you to have a fight within a year i don't have any of these goals my goal is when someone joins is i want to see your face on this mat in 10 years time that's my goal I want you to find the same love for this that I found, and I want you to be a lifelong member of Straight Blast Gym. I want it. I want to take over your life. I want you to be part of this team, part of this family, until you're done. And that—that's my goal. So that, I'm I'm looking at getting the person walking first, then jogging. Where some people maybe when they join, they, they just want to be sprinting in the first week or two, and that—that's not my uh, way of doing things. I'm I'm a long-term guy. That's awesome. It's more of a. It's a. They say it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, it's it's and it's a lifestyle as well. It's not just it's not just winning a medal or winning a fight or anything like that. It's 
I, I want this to be a lifestyle choice. I want that from now on, you're now an SPG or, or a jiu-jitsu guy. If you leave my gym and you're going somewhere else, I'd, I'll advise you where to go. But I want you to be involved in this sport now forever because I'm addicted to it. You're addicted to it. We don't know what it's like. And we're, it's kind of funny like jiu-jitsu students are a bit like, I want everybody to join uh, join us on this on this uh, journey. I don't think I don't think there's any other sport that's like this. That you get a blue belt that's obsessed with teaching the new white belt uh, how to do a scissor sweep. You know, it's it's so it's so fun. We, we want to get as many people involved in it as possible. And um, so that's my goal is is that they help the person uh, get on the map of falling over it and do it forever. I, I can tell it, it. You know, obviously it's grown huge and it's only going to get bigger over there. What? When when you see, let's say you do have a student who's doing well, um, and they want to do MMA, um, how is that process? How do you go through that process of of taking them from just just a student that that trains trains a lot to to actually doing MMA? Uh, yeah, we're kind of lucky in Ireland that we have a pretty good um, scaling up process for MMA. Like, um, whereabouts whereabouts are you from? I'm in uh, uh, Kansas, Kansas, the mi- middle Kansas. of the United States. Yeah, yeah, so I, if I'm correct, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the first time someone does an amateur fight in America, they can elbow to the head. They can, they can, it's pretty much full on, it's just that they don't get paid. Ireland, we're kind of lucky that we have a good uh, scaling up system for somebody who wants to compete in MMA. You hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, so w- yeah. how does that system work? <clears throat> so the, the, the point I was making was, as far as I'm aware in the States, most amateur fights have pretty much full-on MMA rules in, in that you can elbow and knee to the head. Um, so for a lot of guys, well, not maybe not a lot of guys, but for, for a lot of guys, um, if they want to do MMA, maybe their previous level of competition was jiu-jitsu tournaments. So to go from jiu-jitsu tournaments to being elbowed in the head, like that's a big step up. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, is, that is quite the difference. Yeah? Yes. So in Ireland, we have a system where they're doing amateur thing, or maybe they're doing uh, like jiu-jitsu tournaments. Their next level of competition skill up would be, it's MMA, it's called MMA League, and it's done on a Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, so there's no big crowd watching, and it's no headshots, but you can ball and you can hit to the legs. So it's, it's pretty soft rules, but it's getting people used to adding some level of contact to their grappling. So it's a nice next step up. And then, after that, they can go another step up and do a fight, uh, like in a cage on a Saturday night, but there's no elbows or knees to the head. And there's bigger gloves. Yeah. And then, finally, if you want, they can go up to the next level and fight pro. So it's, it's a kind of a gradual stepping up process to see, is this for them? That's cool. It, it reminds me of your... Your your program for new students. I mean, like it just steps up. Uh, no one step is is too crazy for them, and and if, you yeah. know that, that that sounds like and a really I think cool for thing. For a lot of people as well, um, they, they don't they won't go further than the first level, and that's fine because it isn't for everybody. MMA is not for everybody. I believe jujitsu is for everybody, but I don't think MMA is. And I I would rather a person see at that level that it's not for them, rather than an amateur going out in front of his family and friends on a Saturday night with a group of people drinking and screaming at him, and I'm getting elbowed in the head, 
that, that's that could be that could be a devastating experience as far as I'm as far as I can see. Whereas I really think sport should be a positive experience. Even if you lose in sport, it should be a positive experience because of what you went through in order to be able to compete. And you know, but at least in the jiu-jitsu tournament, the worst that happens is you get caught in a submission, and then the other guy's hand goes up. It's not that big a deal. Whereas the the benefits you got from preparing and competing uh, usually outweigh the, the negative of just losing a match. Well, I, I, maybe in amateur MMA, that's that's not the case if someone's getting hurt. Uh, you know, fighting for no for for no money or anything like that, uh, and yet getting uh, heavy shots to the head. Yeah, that it, that that's a cool way to look at it. It seems like a lot of times in MMA, um, a fighter will get a different opponent. Even in, I guess in jiu-jitsu too, uh, you'll get a different opponent like last minute, you know, or last couple of days or week. What advice do you have for somebody who's in that situation? I'll quote McGregor and say there is no opponent, and uh, I, it's, it's a catchphrase, but it's also genuine that we rarely look at who we're going to be facing anymore because opponents can change, or if it's the same opponent, their style might change. So at the end of the day, there's two things you can control going into the fight, and that is you can make weight. You have no excuse for not doing that, and you can be fist. You have no excuse for not being fist. And but after that, it's it's, a, it's somewhat a roll of the dice. You have no idea what's going to happen after that. So all you can control are those two things, and you know you prepare yourself as best as possible. But there's no, there is no opponent. There's no face across the mat. There's no. It doesn't matter who it is. You're going to have your best techniques, and they're the techniques you're going to use. That's really that's a good advice, and I can see that that would be a little bit hard to comprehend. You know, if 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 you've really dedicated a lot of time in, into defending, um, like Ronda Rousey's armbar, and then it gets switched to somebody else, but that yeah, armbar defense is always going to be people for you. That have spent a lot of time working on the defending Ronda Rousey's armbar. Yeah. No, seriously, but it hasn't worked out so well. Yeah, right? yeah. So they've gone in obsessed with this one technique, and either they all get caught with it, or they're so obsessed with that technique. She makes it look easy beating them with something else, like that girl getting stopped with a knee to the liver. I bet you that girl, in the six weeks leading up to that, kind of forgot about doing kickboxing training and instead spent her days doing defending an armbar. Ronda went in and kickboxed her. So I, I believe it's a mistake to get obsessed with what one person can do. I'll put it to you this way. Even a new, new jiu-jitsu person can understand this. When you're at the end of your session and, and it comes to rolling, you don't know who's going to come over and say, hey, you want to roll? And maybe you don't even know the person. Maybe it's somebody visiting in the gym. What do you do? Do you ask that person, well, hold on. Give me four weeks. Let's agree in a weight class. I want to watch videotape of you. No, of course you don't. You just touch hands and you go. And that's the way we view it at, at any level. It's just it's an experience. It's going to be interesting. You're going to exchange techniques, exchange movements. But at the end of the day, you've got your roots that you like to do from different positions. And that's what you're going to execute. You're not going to become obsessed with what the other person does. Just keep just keep focusing on yourself and getting better and developing what you're going to do. Is that what you're it's saying? It's all you can do. Yeah. You may still get caught with that other person's best move, and that's okay. That's that's sport. That's life. This will sometimes happen. But I know the I know the way that doesn't work, and the way that doesn't work is getting obsessed with what your opponent does. That's, yeah. That's, that's cool. That's, being obsessed with what you do have your roots that will work i like it that's really cool 
Um, I want well, thank you for your time, man. I know you're busy, and and all the guys at at uh, Straight Blast Gym. I, I've talked to uh, to Matt Thornton and, and a couple other coaches, and everybody has been super cool. And I really appreciate you guys. Well, thanks for having me on. It was a, a fun chat. All right. Well, thank you, and give me a holler if you ever need anything. I I'll be, I'll be happy to 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 promote anything, or if you have any jujitsu related topics you want to talk about, I'd be honored to have you back on. Sweet, and no doubt we'll talk again in the future. Okay, thank you, John. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Grapplers, come out and roll. Grapplers, come out and roll. Grapplers, come out and roll. All right now. For all you grapplers out there on the big mat, I've been asked to send out a request. The BJJ Brick Podcast is going to need some help on this one. They are in it deep. Real deep. They want you to write them a funny review on iTunes, if you think you can. If you feel like they've been doing good, real good, They would love it if you gave them five stars. Make some jokes, please. You can even do it at their expense. They will read it on the podcast. And of course, for your efforts, they will be happy to send you out a key patch. A BJJ Brick key patch. That was John Cavanaugh from the SBG Ireland. First off, huge thank you to all SBG uh, gyms that we've we've had so yeah, many had people on. Matt Thornton, Amanda, uh, John Cavanaugh, it's uh, and Stephen Whittier. Yeah, um, it's awesome. Yeah, and it's just it's nice that they. Okay, so sometimes I send interviews back and forth, back and forth, you know, and it falls through or doesn't work, or sometimes it does work, whatever. You know, all of the SBG guys. It seems like if you look from the outside that we know them, or so we have we trained at their gym or something. We don't. Yeah. They just they just answer the call and say yes. I'll, I'll well, be happy goes, to talk to you. It goes back like what he's talking about too, uh, having fun. Yeah. I mean the interview is kind of fun. Yeah. They're uh, fun people. I mean they're they're killers on the mat. They're very technical, very knowledgeable, very successful. But uh, they do. They have fun, and it, you can hear it in the the interviews. Yeah. And w- but when some random guy like me emails them and asks for an interview. They've all said yes. I mean, that's been to me. That speaks about how nice they yeah, are. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. I like. Uh, he mentioned if someone's kind of not there, having a good time training, they're bringing people down. He's gonna he's gonna talk to them and 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 say, hey, what's going on? Or maybe you should take some time off and come back. You know, and and, and want to be here, not just here because you've got a fight in a month or a tournament in a month. You need to want to be here and enjoy it. Yeah. And that that's pretty big. Like he says, it's detrimental to the team, and it really is. That, uh, somebody who's not on the not a positive attitude can ruin that team. And and I tell you, I do that at work. My department, I, I don't really care if you're the best loan officer, if you're the best so and so in the in the banking business. I'm looking for somebody who has who works hard and smiles, has a great you know, just smiles as a positive person. That's who I'm going to hire. One person, you can be a superstar. 
individual superstar, but you come in and you have a bad attitude, you're not very upbeat, you, you talk down to people, it ruins my team. I won't hire that person. And, and I like what he's saying. He, he's, he's treating it as a, it's a business. It's a, it's a team. You have to succeed. And uh, I think that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's a good point, Gary. Gary hires based on attitude almost more than anything else. Is, would you say that's right? Yeah, I, I'm a positive person. I, I like to smile and joke and have fun, and and I look at it. it that's my whole group's like that. Uh, we it's a it's like a big. Uh, we just bust on each other all day long. <laughs> I mean, we do our work, but it's once you have a somebody who's who's a downer, as, as we say, comes in. It kind of brings gloom to the area it's like a overcast day it's a, i want a nice sunny day that, you, you, so every now and then it's been a little while but i go in and, and say hey to gary at work and he always like, hey come up and you know and, and hey and see whatever and i'll say hi to the guys and, and the people that are working there and and usually they're in the middle of some prank like that's been going on for like a week or so like oh look at this they, oh they're getting me on this or whatever there's been some pretty funny stuff that I've seen at, at, the, at the bank there, man. But, you know, people who are good at their jobs enjoy the, the atmosphere that they're in. And that's a big part of what you guys are doing. Yeah. You know, you know, if well, I if I go out there to get help from a bank, I'm going to get quality help by somebody who's happy to help me. Yeah. And If I go get tra- martial arts training, I want to get quality help by somebody who's happy to be there. Yeah. That's it, what you It want. made me think about, let's go back to the first part of the show when we talked about Henry Ford's. Uh, quote. Oh yeah, wait. it's it's basically the same thing. You're growing your team. You're you're getting tighter as a team. You're you're getting better as a team, and you all got to work together. There's everything's got to just fit perfectly together. Somebody comes in there glooming the place up. You're not going to succeed as you know. You're not going to succeed as quickly as you would. Yeah. So I that, this is one of my favorite favorite interviews. Uh, just talking with him and getting. Such great advice from from Ireland is not known for martial arts. If, well, you know, they are years, now. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> a while back, this has all happened because of what they're doing over there is, and they're doing it so well. Yeah. Yep. So that is really cool. You know, the other part I really like too is he's talking about uh, do MMA athlete MMA athletes train in the gi, and um, you know he, he's saying you know it's great to train in the gi, and. He's like, what are you, you're not going to be an MMA athlete your whole life. And yeah. He's like, you can be that uh, uh, 50, 60-year-old guy. Well, there will be a couple of us, and we'll be in the corner of the mats rolling together. So uh, you know, might as well open your own gym after your career's over. Yeah. It, it, even if you're not thinking about jiu-jitsu, you're doing more of the MMA side. It's not going to hurt you to do jiu-jitsu. Yeah. In fact, it's yeah. going to help. He gave a lot of reasons why it, yeah. why they put geese on at, in their gym. Yeah. I mean, you got Conor McGregor, just an incredible MMA athlete. Trains in the gi. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but it boils down to because he likes it because it's fun. Like yeah. that's the point of, of what they're. That's why they're good. It's fun. So I think we're uh, we got that point across. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It, yeah, if you're not having fun with it, you're doing it wrong. You're training. You're not training right. You need to be having a good time. We we do have some gi patches left, Gary. Yeah, uh, we're we've been sending out free gi patches. Anybody uh, who goes jumps on the iTunes, uh, writes us a funny review. Uh, kind of use a little bit of, uh, you know, humor. humor or just a little your own personality or make up a funny story, whatever you want to do. Uh, hopefully we get five stars from you. S- send us an email at bjjbrick at gmail.com. Tell us you did the interview, and we'll be happy to mail you out a gee patch. Pretty easy. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, that email is good, bjjbrick at gmail.com. Also, if you message us on Facebook, 
Yeah. So we, Gary and I both look at that one. That's pretty pretty easy to to jump on there. Gary, I got uh, it's been a while since we've done like a question for Gary, but I got one for myself to give to you, buddy. Oh, okay. So this is the Christmas present, the <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> so with the, this is a hit and miss segment here, and I want to hit Gary with a random question and see how he answers it. Well, right before he uh, he looked at me and started smiling, so yeah. I know I'm in trouble. Well, normally that normally that means I'm going to sleep from a rear naked choke, <laughs> or he's coming up with the uh, with a question uh, for me. Typically, um, the question was Gary Dodd's spot. Really, it's just making fun of myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Gary, I'm driving a car that's about uh, it'd be about 14 years old. It runs great, but the horn will honk randomly. Uh, about every ten minutes, it'll go honk. It's not like a big honk. It's like you tap your your the lock button on Are your. Are you serious? Remote. Absolutely serious, man. So my question to you, I don't need to fix this because I kind of like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what do I? Because there'll be a day while I'm behind a motorcycle gang, and that starts honking at these people. Yeah. I've already figured this one out. You didn't need to go any further. Okay. Byron's had this vehicle for a while. It started out. With an American Top Team patch in the back. <laughs> then it went to a sprawl patch. Stickers. Or a sprawl yeah. sticker. Sticker, I'm sorry. An American Top Team sticker. Do you still have those? Those or? stickers, they wear off. Eventually. You need to put stickers in the front, on the side, and in the back. Because when you're honking, somebody's going to take offense to that. They're going to turn around, and if they see those stickers, they're going to think twice. That's true. That's all you need to do. How about I feel I feel awkward. You know, I think the best thing that okay, I'm, I'm at a stop uh, stoplight, and somebody's walking the crosswalk, and it goes off. Nice lady up there. Yeah. Just give her a wave and smile. Yeah. What yeah, do I, I would. do? I would. I'd wink. I'd wink. Okay. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that. Can't go wrong with that. Okay. How yeah. about this? Nice, nice gentleman walking by. My car honks at him. He, he's probably going to want to fight. I, know, I, I think my, my best bet is to pretend like I know him and then be wrong. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, like, John. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were somebody else. That works. See, I mean, you, you, you're quick-witted. You're, you think well on your feet. I think I you hope can figure so. that out. Uh, this is, I could always just drive off. Yes. Yep. Run that red light. <laughs> Help you. Or just keep your head down. Well, before the end of the day. If it's, a, if it's a busy intersection with, you know, let's say two lanes plus a turn lane. Yeah. You just put your head down, and they'll think somebody else did it. Oh, yeah. Because you or can't really tell. I look at the car next to me, and like they and just honk. And start laughing at them. <laughs> yeah, mean, just point. Yeah. Just point. So, I yeah. think I'll be all right. This yeah. It's been fun so far. It hasn't been too terribly embarrassing, but I can't wait till I honk at the wrong people. Because it's going to be a <laughs> Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So, yeah. Yeah, one of the joys of driving a little older car. <laughs> just carry Starbucks gift cards in your car. And if somebody really does get mad, just give them one. That's a good plan? Yeah. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Pay it. Honk it forward, guys. Yep. It's, a, it's a way to be. Honk, honk. <laughs> anyway, if you're in the Wichita area and you don't hear me honking around, send us an email, bjbrick at gmail.com, and we'll be happy to train with you. Doors open, my friends. We'll enjoy it. Yep. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Merry Christmas. And a happy new year. Thank you for listening. I hope you find the time today to roll. After all, the best way to get better at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu.
Oh, right now. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Byron, I can't do this very good. I can't. I'm like, Is it funny? Oh, okay, I can barely do it. All right now, for all you grapplers out there on the big mat. <laughs> oh, okay, I gotta start over. Dang it. <laughs> I told you can't do it without laughing. Okay. <laughs> it's not because you're there, it's just because it's weird. It's funny. It's weird. So I have to do this whole thing without laughing.